This is the Ballroom State of Mind podcast, episode 60. Why compete if you don't win? Welcome to the Ballroom State of Mind podcast. I'm Amber Hader and I'm your host. I am an amateur ballroom dancer and I'm also a personal mindset coach. When I started dancing just a few years ago, I started to recognize pretty quickly the ways in which my head was getting in my way. And I could see it in the other dancers around me as well. So I determined pretty quickly that I gotta find a way to get these mindset tools that I use in my professional life into the hands of dancers so that they can improve faster, they can have more fun, less anxiety, and win more. We all wanna win a little bit more, not only in our dancing, but in life. The tools I share in this podcast are gonna help you do both. Thanks for being here. Oh, my friends, I've had such tough technical difficulties this week. Earlier in my private Facebook group, Joyful Ballroom, I went live on Friday and talked for 11 minutes with no sound. <laughs> the sound didn't work. So I had to redo the whole thing. Okay. And then I just now recorded this podcast for 23 minutes and it was sent to, or excuse me, set to the wrong mic and it didn't record any of the sound. <laughs> So, you know, ugh, here we are and I'm going to redo it. And I just, am going to decide it's going to be so much better the second time around. Okay. Oh, I'm talking about competition and I love competing. And this is something about myself that sometimes I struggle to articulate. And I think some people really like competing in general, like consider themselves competitive people. And some people don't, and some people are really against competition, really uncomfortable with competition. And I think I know why for some reasons, at least that I'm going to share today, but I, I just love competing. There's something about it that just takes everything to the next level. And to me, it's so much more fun, but not everybody feels that way. So I want to talk about this today, especially because there's a lot of people who don't compete and you don't have to compete, especially as a dancer. Like I know people who have danced with my teacher who don't compete. They never enter competitions. They just want to dance. And I know people who dance with him who have competed once or twice and we're just like, ah, I don't like it. It's not for me. And so they don't compete and they don't choose to compete and that's fine. And you don't have to. Okay. Um, but I really like it. And I, and I want to unpack some of this because some of you may kind of want to compete, but you just don't like it or are uncomfortable with it. And you're not really sure why. And I want to invite you to compete and I want to invite you to stretch yourself and try competing. And so I want to give you some new thoughts around this to get you to think about it differently. And it may also, for those of you who are competing and just don't love it or struggle with it, I think we might be able to shake something loose with this podcast today. Now, this came up last night because I went to my local downtown. We had a, um, it's called World Beat. It was a big festival and they had some salsa dancing and stuff. And I was talking to a new friend who's a salsa dancer and we were talking about the differences between the salsa bachata world and ballroom world. And he was asking like, why do you do it? Like, why do you compete? And it was a good question because we just got done talking about how like we pay so much money to compete and I, and we pay for, of course, all of the entry fees and all of that. And then even if you do win, even if you do win as a pro-am, you may or may not even have enough from that winnings to pay for your flight home. And so he's like, what, like, why, like, why do you do it? Like, what's, what's to what end, right? And it's a good question. 
I mean, as a pro-am student, I'm not necessarily working towards a pro career. I, and I'm not like achieving any sort of necessarily notoriety. I mean, I've only been in this world a short time, but I can't really list like by name, who are the best pro-am dancers. And within a few years, they'll, will probably be replaced. And so we're not really achieving any kind of notoriety. We're not making any money. We're probably not building a career out of it. Most of us. So why, like, why do it? And the only thing that I could say at the moment was like, I just love it. I just, I love competing. I love the opportunity to compete. I love the opportunity to dance. I love the opportunity to just go out there and do my thing. And that's, that's what the opportunity is for me. And so I participate in it, but it is a good question. So let's talk a little bit about why we compete, especially if we don't win. And especially if there's not like anything that the world would say is a reason, a good enough reason to do it. But I think working on this podcast really helped me iron out kind of some of my feelings and thoughts about it and why I like it and what my perspective is on it. Um, And I was largely helped by the book that you guys know I like called The Inner Game of Tennis, which is about tennis, but not about tennis. And uh, by Tim Galloway. And there's a chapter in there, chapter nine, which is called The Meaning of Competition. This really helped me iron out for myself why I do think and feel the way about competition that I do. And I want to share it with you today. So I'm going to talk about that in a minute about the book in the chapter. But right now, I just want to talk a little bit about competition in general. So like I said, some people just don't like the idea of competition. And I think it's because, at least partly for some people, that it seems divisive. Some people are uncomfortable with that like one up, one down nature of competition. When we compete, we certainly are kind of pitting ourselves against one another. We're being ranked. We're even deciding who's the best We've also talked about before how we might make that win mean that we're better, right? We're a better person or we have more worth than the dancer next to us because we won. And and that's where we're kind of pairing our self-image, pairing our self-worth with that outcome. And when our self-image is at stake, it makes competition more stressful and intense because that's what's at stake. And so if we do well, we're going to feel good about ourselves. If we don't do well, we're not going to feel good about ourselves. But even sometimes we do well, but we're uncomfortable with it because on some level, we believe we've just pushed other people down, right? And that's why I think a lot of people, there's just like complicated feelings about it. And so we don't like it and we don't want to be around or experience those feelings. And so we want to avoid it. And that's not a fun way to view competition, truly. Some people are really turned on by that. It's like, yeah, because they they think they're better because they win. There's also a lot of people who don't like that. And I think that's, a lot of the reason a lot of dancers shy away from competing altogether. I mean, no one really wants to check your worth against someone else. It's inherently anxiety provoking because how are you supposed to compare me to the person next to me? We're not the same, not even a little bit. And so I think a part of our brain is like, this doesn't make sense. We don't, I don't want to check my worth next to somebody else. I don't, I don't know what that outcome is going to be. Like, how can you even compare us? And What if you compare me to them and I come out on the bottom? Nobody wants that. So even just having the idea, like the idea of having our worth evaluated at all is enough for people to shy away from competing. Like I know people who are just like, no, not interested because they don't want that. They don't want that. They don't want to be compared. There's still a group who who does compete, but they're not comfortable with it because they do believe this is the way that it works. This is what we're doing. And I don't like it, but I kind of want to be a part of it. But I'm kind of miserable through the whole thing. Like I'm kind of stressed the whole time or I'm kind of insecure the whole time, but I'm doing it anyway. And I'm kind of just forcing myself to do it. And that makes competition feel stressful and 
anxiety provoking, even though we kind of want to do it. And in those cases too, we still are expecting the outcome to determine how we feel about ourselves. And we can't predict the outcome. We can't predict what the other people are going to do or how they're going to show up. And so we can't control any of that. And I can't control what my competitor does. And so I don't like it. Right. And this is why some people just don't like it. And there are even people who compete and they, they, they see it this way, that it's one up, one down, it's a hierarchy, it's divisive, but they don't like it. And so they rebel against it. And when you rebel against it, it looks like apathy. It looks like I'm going to compete, but I'm not going to try my hardest because I'm just not going to put my full effort in and I'm not going to even try to win. Because then no matter what my result is, it doesn't count because I didn't really try. And sometimes this looks like not wanting your medals or not wanting your trophies or not wanting to win or not looking at your results at all. And, and, and again, like, I'm not judging you for this. I'm just pointing out the mentality that it's like, ask yourself, is this what I'm doing? Am I competing? And do I believe that this is the way this works, but I'm just rebelling against it by not trying like if I project that I'm unconcerned about the outcome, then I don't have to have myself measured. But notice how embedded in this approach is that you agree that this is the way this works. And that if you did try and you did not come out on top, you did fail, that you would kind of agree that you're worthless. And, and, and it, it, like it's implied in this, embedded in this, that you are complicit and that you kind of agree that this is the way that this is. And that losing is a reason to feel bad about yourself, okay? But here's the thing. I don't subscribe to this. Like, I don't really agree with this. I, this is not how I experience competition. And then, so I know there's other ways to look at this. And I know that that doesn't have to be the inherent truth. Truly, we're all experiencing competition in our own way. And you have the ability to choose how you want to look at it. And I don't think competition has to be divisive. Does it have to result in a one-up, one-down hierarchy? Is there a version of competition where the result doesn't have to be like, see, I'm better than you. And I've talked on the podcast before about just wanting to be excellent and doing your best dancing and focusing on your effort and not concentrating so much on the outcome. And so I know that that part's possible. When we are trying to do our best dancing and we are trying to be excellent and we are not focusing so much on the outcome, sometimes it can feel like there's a little lack of that fire. Like that... That last, that last little push, that last little, little passion. And I feel like when we want to win and we want to compete, that's where that little bit of fire comes from. But if we want to win, but we feel like the win hurts another person, then we're going to shy away from that. But I wonder if we can't find a way to look at this competition to produce the intensity or passion that's required to push yourself to the next level, but we don't have to see it as pushing someone else down. Like what can we use to add fire to the beauty and excellence of our dancing? So let's talk about this. This is where the book, The Inner Game of Tennis comes in. Because when I was reading this chapter, chapter nine, I was like, this is it. This is what I want to articulate. This is what I'm trying to say. And they do it so well. So I want to read a little portion of it. I'm going to just read it for you because I don't think I can explain it as well as them. And he says it so well, and it, it makes so much sense. And so I'm just going to read it and you're just going to be fine with that <laughs> because it's going to be so impactful for you. Okay. So this is what he's talking about. He's talking about surfing. Now notice surfing, you are not competing against anyone else. 
a surfer is competing against the wave, okay? Now, the surfer does have a goal to get to the beach, but and notice a surfer could do like beautiful surfing and just be like in the flow of the wave and just take a medium wave to the shore, but they don't. They wait for the biggest wave that they think that they can handle to ride it to the shore. And this helps us understand, I think, why we do what we do when we compete. The surfer waits, and here, this is where I'm gonna read, okay? The surfer waits for the big wave because he values the challenge it presents. He values the obstacles that the wave puts between him and his goal of riding the wave to the beach. Why? Because it is those very obstacles, the size and the turning power of the wave, which draw from the surfer his greatest effort. It's only against the big waves that he's required to use all of his skill, all his courage and concentration to overcome. Only then can he realize the true limits of his capacities. And at this point, he often attains his peak. In other words, the more challenging the obstacle he faces, the greater the opportunity for the surfer to discover and extend his true potential. The potential may have always been within him, but until it is manifested in action, it remains a secret hidden from himself. The obstacles are a very necessary ingredient to this process of self-discovery. Note that the surfer in this example is not out to prove himself. He's not out to show himself or the world how great he is, but is simply involved in the exploration of his latent capacities. He directly and intimately experiences his own resources and thereby increases his self-knowledge. Okay, so I love this idea, right? Like the value of the competition is that it's creating obstacles for you that you have to overcome. And it's those obstacles that are making you have to grow into the biggest version of yourself, whatever that is right now at this edge of your capacity. And you need some challenge to draw that out of you. As humans, we're not even really that skilled at drawing this out of ourselves. We need something to bump up against in our life to draw this out of us. Okay. So let me read some more. Reaching the goal itself may not be as valuable as the experience that can come in making a supreme effort to overcome the obstacles involved. The process can be more rewarding than the victory itself. And remember, I talk about that in that podcast about goals and how reaching the goal isn't actually the point. It's who we become in the effort of trying to reach the goal. And so if we don't reach the goal, it's, it's actually okay. We still like get so much further along because we have this goal. So this is a similar vein in that reaching the goal isn't as valuable as the obstacles that we have to overcome in order to get there. Now, that means that we can value those obstacles. And in dancing, what are our obstacles? And I want you to think about this in terms of your competitors, your opponents, okay? In tennis, okay, I'm gonna read again. In tennis, who is it that provides a person with the obstacles he needs in order to experience his highest limits? His opponent, of course. Then is your opponent a friend or an enemy? He's a friend to the extent that he does his best to make things difficult for you. Only by playing the role of your enemy does he become your true friend. Only by competing with you does he in fact cooperate. In this use of competition, it's the duty of your opponent 
to create the greatest possible difficulties for you, just as it is yours to try to create obstacles for him. Only by doing this, do you give each other the opportunity to find out to what heights each can rise. Think about that, my friends. This makes so much sense to me because I've been standing, you know, on deck waiting to go on the floor and I'm like looking around and I'm looking at the people I'm competing against. And sometimes these are people that I care about or that I love or that I'm friends with or that I've seen compete and that I really respect. And what I feel is excitement. I feel like this is going to be so fun to dance with them and to compete with them. And, and I know that we're going to bring out the best in each other. At least we have the opportunity to do that. I never feel like I'm going to be pushing someone down or that they're going to be pushing me down. I just feel like, oh, like I'm going to be so driven to do my best because these people are on the floor with me. And whether I win or they win, like if my friend wins, I'll be so happy for them that they won. And I'm going to, I'm not going to give it to them either. Right. Cause I'm not doing anyone a favor if I show up and underplay. Because then I'm not asking them to bring out the best in themselves. They might win, but they haven't gotten any better. They haven't improved. They haven't made their most effort. They haven't reached the edge of their potential because I played small. We actually want to come and compete our best so that we can bring out the best in one another. Okay, so back to the book. True competition is identical with true cooperation. Each player tries his hardest to defeat the other. But in this use of competition, it isn't the other person we're defeating. It is simply a matter of overcoming the obstacles he presents. In true competition, no person is defeated. Both players benefit by their efforts to overcome the obstacles presented by the other. Like two bulls butting their heads against one another, both grow stronger and each participates in the development of the other. Okay, we're bringing out the best in one another, my friends. And then at the end, you can shake hands with your opponent and regardless of who won, you thank him for the fight he put up and you mean it. I don't know about you, my friends, but that sounds fun to me. That sounds fun to me. Like a good competition where we both try really hard and it's like, who's going to win? And I don't know, but I'm going to do my best. And oh my gosh, I can't believe we did that. And like, and meeting up against the edge of your capabilities, asking more of yourself, having this competition to draw the most out of you. That is fun, my friends. Now. I'm going to go back to the book for a second because I want to just address this little thing is if, if I assume that I'm making myself more worthy of respect by winning, then I must believe consciously or unconsciously that by defeating someone, I'm making him less worthy of respect. I can't go up without pushing someone else down. And this belief involves us in a needless sense of guilt. You don't have to become a killer to be a winner. You merely have to realize that killing is not the name of the game. Today, I don't worry about winning or losing the match, but whether or not I am making the maximum effort during every point, because I realize that that is where the true value lies. So my friends, listen, I think this is so fun. I think competition is so fun. And I always, I always want to compete. And here's the thing. I have competed now. I've been dancing and competing for almost four years. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that I am as good as I am today because I competed. That if I was not competing and that I was just dancing for the fun of it, which is not wrong, it's not wrong to just wanna dance and enjoy it, okay? But I am heads and tails a much better dancer 
than I would be if I was not competing. Because each of those opportunities pushed me to my limit. Not just because I was preparing for those competitions and so I had something to work towards, but because when we're actually in the competition, we're actually competing against people, we're actually being judged and we're putting ourselves in that situation. We're, we're drawing, we're using the competition to draw from ourselves our greatest effort. You're trying to reach whatever your full potential is at that moment. And that's providing the opportunity to do that. It's just a tool. And if you can have this same perspective where we're not pushing anybody down, we're not, we're not better than anyone else. We get to enjoy competition. We get to have fun. And if we win, we get to enjoy our wins. And if somebody else wins, we get to enjoy that they won because they deserved it probably. But hey, enjoy it because next time it's probably going to be me. Like, let's do it again. I love it. All right. Thank you for being here today, my friends. This is a fun one. Let's go compete and have fun. I hope to catch you at a competition again soon. Catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. Do you have a mindset coach yet? If you don't, you should really think about it because all of the best dancers, all of the best athletes, they have coaches. And it's not because they're weak, it's because they're smart. And they know that if they have gaps that they need to fill, they gotta hire the right people to fill those gaps so that they can fulfill their potential, become the dancer that they always dreamed that they would be. All right, so it's super easy to find out if private coaching is for you. You just get on a dance strategy call with me. It's free, it's simple, it's not very long. And I'll give you some strategies right away that you can apply right away. And then if we wanna work together beyond that, we can discuss it. But other than that, it's a super simple process. I'll leave information in the show notes about how to make that happen. So thanks for being here today.